The Story of the Three Kings by John of Hildesheim Prologue This is the story of the life and deeds of the three kings who came to worship our Lord at his birth. Of the three worshipful kings, all the world is full of praise from the rising of the sun to its downgoing, and what these three kings did at the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ is written oft in many books and places, but what they did after is peradventure to many men unknown. But there be many books written in Hebrew and Chaldean of the life and deeds of these kings, the which books were brought out of India and the East by the princes of Vos, who were of the blood of Melchior, king of Nubia, the same who offered gold to our Lord Jesus Christ, as ye shall hear after. These books of the life and deeds of the three kings were brought to the city of Acre, along with the golden diadem of King Melchior and many other wonderful ornaments in the year of our Lord 1200. And these books, written in Hebrew and Chaldean, were afterwards translated into French, and so these books and divers other books and of sermons and homilies, and also of seeing and hearing and speaking to other men. There has been written and put together one book. Chapter 1 Balaam prophesies concerning the star and the birth of Christ. This matter of the three blessed kings took its beginning in the prophecy of Balaam, the priest of Median, who prophesied and said, A star shall spring out of Jacob, and a man shall rise upon Israel, and shall be lord of all folk. Wherefore in that time that Balaam so gloriously prophesied the incarnation of our Lord Jesus, and of the star, then all the great lords and all the other people of India desired greatly to see that star. Now there was in that land a hill called Voss, the which was also called the Hill of Victory. And inasmuch as this hill passed in height all the hills in the country of India, Divers keepers were ordained to watch there night and day, so that the men in the lands about might not with a strong hand enter into the kingdom. Wherefore the people of India promised great gifts to the keepers of the hill of Voss, if it were that by day or night, far or near, they should see any light or any star in the firmament other than what was seen before time. And they also ordained twelve of the wisest men and greatest clerks of astronomy that were in all the country about to watch on the hill, some at one time and some another. And the more that this star was looked after, the more the fame of this star increased and was spoken of throughout the land of India and Chaldea. And all the people desired to see it. For in those days the Chaldeans gave much time to astronomy, and had great delight therein, insomuch that every maid and every child in men's houses did know the course of the stars. 
Chapter 2 Our Lord is born in Bethlehem for the salvation of mankind. Now as St. Luke telleth, when the time was come that the Father of heaven would have mercy on all mankind, and send down his Son to take flesh and blood of Our Lady St. Mary, and to be born man of her for the salvation of all the world, Octavius, emperor of Rome, sent out a commandment to tax all men. So every man went into his own country. Then went Joseph out of Galilee, that is a city in Nazareth, into the city of King David, the which city was called Bethlehem, for Joseph was of the household and of the lineage of King David. And he went into that country with Our Lady St. Mary, that was his wife, and also great with child. And ye shall understand that Bethlehem was never of any great reputation. It was but a castle, but it is called a city because King David was born there. And in that town was at that time the house in which King David was born. And in the same place Christ, God's Son, was born of Our Lady St. Mary, the Holy Virgin. But at the time of the nativity of our Lord, that house was all destroyed, insomuch that there was nothing left but broken walls on every side, and a little cave under the earth, and a little unthrifty house before the cave. And here men sold bread at the same ground, and timber and other things that were brought to market, and were not sold were put into this little house until the next market. And asses and horses and other beasts were tied about this unthrifty house. Now when St. Joseph and Our Lady St. Mary, riding on an ass, came late in eventide toward the city of Bethlehem, because they came so late, and all places were occupied with pilgrims and other men, and also because they came in poor array, they went about the city, and no man would rescue them. And Our Lady Mary, a young woman sitting on an ass, was full, weary of the way, and nigh at the time of bearing her child. Then St. Joseph led Our Lady into this forlorn place that no man took care of, down into the little dark house. And in that house, in the cave of old time, was left a manger, and to that manger was tied an ox of a poor man that no one would harbor, and beside that ox St. Joseph tied his ass. And in that little house, our Lord Jesus was at that same night born of Our Lady, the Blessed Virgin, without any pain or sorrow of her body, for the salvation of all mankind. And Our Lady wrapped her blessed Son in cloths and laid him in the hay in the manger before the ass and the ox, for there was no other place. Chapter 3 The Shepherds Hear the Message from the Angel of Heaven And the shepherds were nearby in the same country, keeping their sheep in the night. And an angel of heaven came and stood by them with a great light, whereof they were greatly adread. But the angel said to them, Be not afraid. I tell you of a great joy that shall be to all people. For this day is born to us our Lord Jesus Christ in the city of David. And this shall be to you a token 
Ye shall find a young child, wrapped in claws and put in a manger. And suddenly there came a great multitude of angels of heaven, praising God and saying, Joy be to God on high, and peace on earth to men of good will. Now betwixt Bethlehem and that place where the angel appeared unto the shepherds was but a half a mile and a little way more. And ye shall understand that in that same place King David, when he was a little child, fed sheep and kept them from the lion. And furthermore ye shall understand that the land about Bethlehem and all the land of the east is wonderfully planned and set with mountains for the most part. By Bethlehem all are many fat pastures, hotter than in other places, insomuch that at Christmas time barley beginneth to wax ripe, and at that time we call here Christmas, is called there the time of herbs. And as there was no great cold thereabout, the shepherds all that winter, night and day, now in one place, now in another, dwelled there with their sheep, and so they do until this day. And as the worshipful clerk, St. Bede, said in his writing, it was full convenient that the shepherds were awake that night about their sheep, for he was born that night that said, I am the good shepherd, a good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. Chapter 4 The astronomers on the hill of Voss see the star that was prophesied by Balaam. When Christ was born of Our Lady St. Mary for the salvation of all mankind, as it was aforesaid, then this star that was prophesied by Balaam and a long time looked for by the twelve astronomers on the hill of Voss, on that same night, And on the same hour that our Lord was born, that same star began to arise in a manner of a sun, brightly shining. And it ascended above the hill, and all that day it stirred not. And when the sun was most hot and most high, there was no difference in shining betwixt the star and the sun. And the star had in it the form and likeness of a young child, and above him a sign of the cross. And a voice was heard in the star, saying, Unto us is born this day the King and Lord that folk have long sought. Go then, and seek him, and do him worship. Then all the people, both men and women of the country about, when they saw this wonderful and marvelous star, and also heard the voice out of the star, they were greatly aghast, and had great wonder thereof. And the people wist well that it was the same star that was prophesied by Balaam. And the twelve wise clerks of astronomy aforesaid stood on that high hill of Voss in silence and in prayer. And when there appeared to them in the middle of the night this bright shining star with the image of a little child bearing with him the sign of the cross, they were right joyful that this star was shown in their time and also that they were worthy to see that sight. And anon they came down from this high hill, and told to the wise men of that land all that they had seen and heard.
Chapter 5 The Three Kings, each in his own land, see the star at the same hour. Now there were three worshipful kings that in that time reigned in India, and when they were informed by the astronomers of the star, they were right glad. And anon, though each one of them was far from the other, each one of them saw the star at one hour and at the same time. And though no one of them knew of the other's purpose, all three ordained and purposed to go seek and worship the Lord and King as the voice of the star had commanded, spoken and preached. Now pagans that had no knowledge of holy writ, nor of the birth of Christ called these three kings Magi, and the Jews that knew the scriptures and the birth of Christ, because of their envy and falseness, called them Magi also. And so it was brought into use and continued to this day. But without doubt, they were glorious and worshipful kings. And all the lands and kingdoms in the east, they were the most mighty as Christian men that dwell there bear witness. Chapter 6 These are the three Indies where the three kings reigned at the time that Christ was born. Now ye shall understand that there be three Indies of which these three lords were kings. In the first India was the land of Nubia, and also the land of Arabia. And in those lands reigned Melchior at the time that Christ was born. Now a man made lightly sail into this India out of Egypt and Syria by the Red Sea. And pilgrims and merchants that pass from India by the Red Sea say that all the ground of the Red Sea is also red, that the water above seems as though it were red wine, notwithstanding that the water is of the color that other water is. And ye shall understand that all the earth in the land of Arabia is red, and also stones and trees and all other things that grow in that land for the most part are red. And in that land is found gold wonderfully red, and that gold is the best gold that is in all the world. In the second India was the kingdom of Godolia, and the kingdom which men call Saba, And of these kingdoms Balthazar was king, and this Balthazar offered incense to God. And ye shall understand that in this land many good spices grow more than in all the other countries of the east, and especially there groweth incense more than in all the other places of the world. It drippeth out of certain trees in the manner of gum. In the third India was the kingdom called Tarsus, And of that kingdom Jasper was king, the which Jasper offered myrrh to God. In his isles myrrh groweth more plentifully than in any other place in the world. It groweth like ears of wheat, and it waxeth right thick. When it is ripe, it is so soft that it cleaveth on men's clothes as they go by the way. And as for harvesting, men take small cords and girdles, and draw them about the ears, and the myrrh cleaveth upon these cords, and then afterwards the myrrh is wrung out of them, 
Wherefore ye shall understand that all this was done with great ordinance and mercy of God, that these three kings, Melchior, Balthazar, and Jasper, should come from such lands and kingdoms in which these three gifts, gold, incense, and myrrh, the which should be offered to God, did wax and grow. Chapter 7 The three kings, all unknown to one another, prepare for the journey, and each king goes forth from his kingdom to follow the star. Now these three kings did each of them prepare for his journey with great and rich gifts and diverse ornaments belonging to a king's array, and also with mules and camels and horses, loaded with treasure, and with a great multitude of people in the best array that was possible for them. They also took with them all manner of necessaries that belonged to bedding or to chamber or to kitchen, and in all manner things that belonged to a man's meat or beast's meat, of everything a great plenty that should suffice them all the way, both outward and homeward. Though there be many fair hostels in many places and towns in the east, with all manner of victuals for man and beast. It is the custom in that country for lords that ride with a great multitude to carry all necessaries with them on mules or camels, for it is more profitable to them and more honest. And for the most part men go and ride all night because of the great heat and burning of the sun by day. Now these three worshipful kings passed forth out of their kingdoms, and no one of them knew the other nor knew of the other's purpose because of the long way, and far way that was betwixt each one of these kingdoms. Yet the star went before every one of these kings, shining brightly and giving light to each one and his host all the way. And as it was written in the time that Christ was born, there was peace in all the world. Wherefore, in all the cities and towns that these worthy kings rode by, there was no gate shut neither by night nor by day. But because of the shining of the star, it seemed to all that the night was the day. Wherefore all men of these cities and towns that these three worthy kings rode by in the night were wonderfully aghast, and passingly marveled thereof. And great speech was in all the country among all the people a long time after. Now these three kings rode over diverse lands, kingdoms, cities, and towns, they rode over hills, waters, valleys, plains, and other diverse perilous places, without any pain or trouble. For all the way that they went, were it high or low, all seemed to them even and plain a fair way. They never took harbor by the way, nor rested themselves night or day, nor did they eat or drink until they came into Bethlehem. And all this time seemed but a day. And thus by the great mercy of God and the guidance of the star, these three worthy kings came out of their lands and kingdoms into Jerusalem on the twelfth day after Christ was born at the uprising of the sun. And if ye wonder at the great speed of their journey, ye shall understand that the Lord God in the Old Testament led Habakkuk the prophet by the hair of the head out of Judea into Babylon 
to Daniel that was in a pit among the lions, all in a moment. The witch is a hundred days' journey coming and going. And that same Lord God in the New Testament was mighty enough to lead these three kings out of the east into the land of Judea in thirteen days without any trouble or bother. And ye shall understand that God Almighty might have brought these three kings and all their hosts out of the east into Judea in a moment as he brought Habakkuk the prophet to Daniel. Yet he wanted to make known his marvelous birth to all the world and to the people whom the three kings passed on their way. Chapter 8 The Three Kings Journey to Jerusalem and Meet Outside the City Where the Three Highways Come Together When these three blessed kings, each one going his own way with his host and his company, were almost come to Jerusalem, save for two miles, then a great dark cloud hid all the earth, and in that dark cloud they lost the star. Of this Isaiah had prophesied, saying, Jerusalem, arise and take light, for thy light is come, and the joy of God is upon thee. For lo, darkness shall cover the earth, and a cloud thy people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee, and the Gentiles shall walk in thy light, and kings in the brightness of thy rising. When these three kings were nigh Jerusalem, then Melchior, king of Nubia and of Arabia, with his people came first beside Jerusalem, by the hill of Calvary, where Christ was put on the cross. Now there was beside this hill a highway, where three ways came together, and Melchior abode there, in a cloud and in darkness, in accordance with the will of God. And a little after that time that Melchior had come nigh unto Jerusalem, then came Balthazar, king of Saba, and his host. And he stopped under the cloud beside the hill of Olivet, in a little town that is called there Galilee, where the disciples of Almighty God, before his resurrection and after, were wont to come together. And so, because of the darkness of the cloud, and also because they knew not their way, they abode still, and went no further at that time. And then this cloud began to ascend, and to wax clear, though the star appeared not. But these two kings each took his way toward the city with all his host. And when they came to this highway beside Mount Calvary, where the three ways met together, then along the third highway came Jasper, king of Tarsus, and all his host. And so these three glorious kings, each one with his host and his beasts, met together on this highway beside the hill of Calvary. And notwithstanding that no one of them had ever before had seen the other, nor known of him nor of his coming, Yet at their meeting each one of them, with great gladness and great reverence, kissed each other and made much joy. And though they were of diverse languages, yet each one of them, in accordance with his understanding, spoke all one manner of speech. And when they had thus met together, and each one of them had told to the others his will and intent, and all their wills were accordingly one, they were more glad than ever. And so they rode forth into Jerusalem, and so they rode forth into Jerusalem at the uprising of the sun.
Chapter 9 The three kings arrive at the gates of Jerusalem and go to visit Herod, who is king of that land and city. Now when the three kings had learned that Jerusalem was the king's city, they were right glad, supposing to have found the king of the Jews born in that city. And ye shall understand that at this time Herod was king of that land, and he was present in Jerusalem. Furthermore, ye shall understand that Herod the king and all the city of Jerusalem were greatly disturbed at the sudden coming of the three kings, for their hosts and their company and their beasts were of so great a multitude that the city could not receive them. And so for the most part they abode outside the city in the land all about. And when the three kings came into the city of Jerusalem, they asked the people concerning the child that was born, Whereof speaketh the evangelist Matthew in his gospel that he wrote? When Christ was born in Bethlehem in the days of Herod, that was then the king of that same land, three kings came out of the east and said, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we are come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. And he gathered together all the princes of the priests and asked them where Christ should be born. And they said, In Bethlehem of Judea. Thus it is written by the prophets. Then Herod privately called to him these kings and learned of them the time of the star that appeared to them, and so sent forth into Bethlehem and said, Go and inquire diligently of this child, and when ye have found him, come again and tell me that I too may come and worship him. Now ye shall understand that Herod was but an alien in the land, and was made king by the emperor and the Romans. And he was therefore a dread, lest he should lose the kingdom because Christ was born. And when the three kings were informed by Herod, and the doctors of the law of Christ's birth, and the place where he was born, they passed out of the city of Jerusalem and went their way. And the star appeared to them again as it did before, and it went before them until they came into Bethlehem, which is but two little miles from Jerusalem. Chapter 10 The Three Kings Meet the Shepherds on the Way to Bethlehem And nearby that place, as it was aforesaid, were the shepherds to whom the angel appeared, with great light, and told them of the birth of Christ. Now these three kings rode by the same place where the shepherds were, and they spoke with them. And when the shepherds saw the star, they ran together, saying that in such a light and in such a clearness the angel had appeared unto them. Furthermore, all the angel had spoken to them, and all they had heard and seen, and all things that were done, they told everything to the three kings, whereof the kings were right glad, and of good cheer, and were greatly comforted. Some books in the east say that the voice that was heard out of the star was the voice of the same angel that showed the birth of Christ both to the shepherds and to the three kings. And while the three kings spoke with these shepherds, the star more and more began to shine brighter and brighter. And when these three glorious kings had spoken to these shepherds and had given them great gifts, 
they rode forth on their way. Chapter 11 The three kings arrive at the little house in Bethlehem where Christ was born. Now when these three blessed kings knew that they were come unto that place of Bethlehem, then they alighted from their horses and changed all their clothing, and clothed themselves in new and worshipful clothing, as kings should be arrayed. And when they were so arrayed, they again rode forth, and always the star went before them. And the nearer the kings came to the place where Christ was, the more the star shone brighter and brighter. And so they came unto Bethlehem in the sixth hour of the day. And these three kings rode down the street until they came to the little house where Christ was. And at this place the star stood still on the ground before this little house, and soon after rose up with such a great light that all the little house was full of light. And then anon the star ascended higher and abode above the place where Christ and Our Lady were. And when the three kings came to the entrance of the little house, they alighted from their horses, and went in and found Our Lady and her child. Ye shall understand that our Lord Jesus was at that time a little child of thirteen days, and he was somewhat fat, and lay wrapped in poor clothes, in hay in a manger. And Our Lady St. Mary, his mother, as it is written in diverse books, was in person fleshy and somewhat brown, and in the presence of these three kings she was covered with a white mantle, which she held closed before her with her left hand, and her head was covered altogether save her face with a linen cloth. And she sat beside the manger, and with her right hand she lifted up the Christ child's head. Chapter 12 The three kings offer their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh to the Christ child. Now when these three kings were come into this little house, and found Our Lady and her child and the so great light of the star, they fell down and worshipped him, and offered to him gifts, gold, incense, and myrrh. And ye shall understand that these kings had worshipfully brought out of their land many rich gifts and many rich ornaments, that is to say, all the ornaments that Alexander of Macedonia left in India and Chaldea and Persia, and all the ornaments that the Queen of Saba offered in Solomon's temple, the which at the time of the destruction of Jerusalem were taken into our country by the people of Persia and Chaldea, and many other treasures, both in gold and silver, and precious jewels and stones. All these things were brought with them to offer to God. But when these three kings found Our Lady and Our Lord Jesus in such poor array, and the star giving such a great light in all the place, it seemed to them as though they stood in a furnace of fire. Then they were so in awe that all the rich jewels and stones and ornaments that they had brought with them, when their treasures were opened, they took out nothing, 
but that thing which they happened to touch first with their hands. Melchior, king of Nubia and Arabia, who was the smallest of stature, took of his treasury a round apple of gold, the which was as much as a man might easily enclose in his hands, and thirty gilt pennies. And these he offered to God. Baltazar, king of Saba, who was medium of stature, took out of his treasury incense, as it came first to his hand, and that he offered to God. Jaspar, king of Tharsis and of the Isles, who was tallest of person and a black Ethiop without any doubt, took out of his treasury myrrh, and that he offered to God with tears. And these three worshipful kings were so in awe and so devout and fervent in their oblation that all of the words that Our Lady said at that time they remembered only that to every king as he offered his gift, she bowed her head meekly and said, Deo gratias, that is to say, I thank God, or thanks be to God. But ye shall understand that the apple of gold that Melchior the king offered with the thirty gold pennies at one time belonged to Alexander the Great, who did make it of small pieces of gold, the which he had gathered as tribute from all the world. And this apple had been left in India when he came with many rich ornaments. Of these three gifts that were offered to God, diverse books and scriptures speak diversely, but it is believed that by gold was shown the power of a king, for gold pertaineth to tribute. By incense was shown divine majesty, for incense pertaineth to sacrifice. By myrrh was shown man's mortality, for myrrh pertaineth to burial. Though certain books say that gold was offered to help Our Lady and her son because of poverty, be it understood that though God Almighty lowered himself to become man and was born of his blessed mother Mary, yet he had no need of these gifts of the three worshipful kings, for he had made all the world out of nothing, and all that is in heaven and in earth by his power and by his holy will. And what was done afterwards with these gifts which the three kings offered to God, ye shall hear at a later time. Chapter 13 The three kings are warned by an angel to return home to their kingdoms by another way. Now when these three kings had taken leave of Our Lady, they and all their men and horses and other beasts began to eat and to drink and to sleep and to take their rest. And they disported all that day afterwards in Bethlehem, for as it is said before, they had neither eaten nor drunk in all those thirteen days. Then they told many things to all men in that city of Bethlehem and of the country round about how wonderfully the star had brought them thither from the furthermost parts of the world. And then, as the evangelist has said, a message came to these kings in their sleep that they should not return to Herod, and so by another way they went home to their lands and their kingdom. 
But the star that led them before appeared no more, and on the journey home they took their harbor and their rest on the way both by day and by night. And whereas before each king traveled with his own company, not knowing of the others, now they rode all three together with great joy and solemnity. Furthermore, these three kings with all their men and their baggage rode through all the lands, kingdoms, and provinces that Holofernes of old time had ridden and passed with all his host, and so great was their number that all the people supposed that Holofernes had come again. And evermore as these three kings came into towns or cities, they preached and told all the people all that they had seen, heard, and done in all their way. And in all places where they came, all the people worshipfully received them with great cheer and humanity. And they were so meek and so gracious to all the people that their names and their tales were never after forgotten. Also of the necessaries that they had carried with them on their way, there lacked or perished nothing. And so they and all their company and horses and other beasts all came home safe and whole into their own lands. But though they had ridden out of their kingdoms in thirteen days by the leading of the star, they reached not home again but in two years. And that was so that they and all other men should know what difference there is betwixt God's working and man's working. Chapter 14 Herod in his wrath burns the land and all the ships of Tarsus. As for Herod the king, when he had heard tell that these three kings had gone home again and not come to him as he had charged them, then out of great malice and anger he pursued after them a long way. And always as he pursued, he found that all the people blessed these kings and praised them and told of their great nobility and array. Wherefore this Herod in his envy and anger burnt and destroyed all the land that was under his power that these three kings had ridden by. And hearing that the kings had taken to sea secretly in the ships of Tarsus and Cecilia, he was especially angered of this city and so burned all their ships and all their goods. Chapter 15 The Worshipful Kings All Three Together Visit the Hill of Voss So when the three kings with all their men had come with great travail to the hill of Voss, which has been spoken of before, they built there a fair chapel in worship of the child that they had gone to seek, and in the city that was under the hill they rested. And there also they made a covenant that they should all three every year meet at the hill of Voss together with their lords and princes. And then these kings took their leave each of the other, and every king with his people rode home again to his own land with great joy. But though they had departed from each other in their bodily persons, they never did so in their heart, 
And when they had come to their own kingdoms, they preached and told all their people what they had seen, heard, and done on all the way. And they made in their temples a star after the same form and likeness as it had appeared to them. Wherefore many pagans left their errors and their idols and worshipped the child. And also the chapel that was built on the hill of Voss was visited by diverse people from far countries. And the three worshipful kings dwelt in worthy and honest conversation until the ascension of Christ and the coming of St. Thomas, as ye shall hear afterwards. Chapter 16 Our Lady and St. Joseph flee with the Christ child into Egypt. Now when the three kings had gone home again to their own lands, Our Lady, for dread of the Jews, fled out of that little house in which Christ was born and went into another dark cave under the earth. And diverse men and women loved Our Lady St. Mary and her child and ministered to them all manner of necessaries that were needful. And when Our Lady departed from that little house, she forgot and left behind the clothes that Christ was wound in, and her smock folded all together and laid in the hay in the manger. And there they remained whole and clean in that same place, up to the time when St. Helena, worshipful queen that was mother to King Constantine, came and found them. Now there came the time when Our Lady dared no longer abide in that place for dread of Herod and of the Jews. And as St. Matthew saith in his gospel, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in his sleep, saying, Arise, and take the child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be there until I tell thee. For it has come to pass that Herod shall seek the child and his mother to slay them. Then Joseph arose and took the child and his mother and fled into Egypt in the night. Now ye shall understand that Egypt is from Bethlehem twelve days' journey, and on the way grow roses which are called roses of Jericho, and their roses grow in no other place but along the way that Our Lady rode between Bethlehem and Egypt. And the shepherds of that country gather these roses at the time of blooming and sell them to pilgrims. Chapter 17 The Holy Family Dwell in Egypt for Seven Years in a Garden with Seven Wells Our Lady St. Mary and her child dwelt in Egypt seven years, unto the time that Herod was dead. And the place where Our Lady dwelt with her son is now a garden in which balm grows, and this garden is fully as long as it is broad as a man may throw a stone. And in this garden there are seven wells of water, 
in which Our Lady bathed her son and washed her clothes and her son's clothes also. And in this same garden there are many bushes of balm, which are very like rose bushes. And in these days to every bush a Christian man from among the sultan's prisoners is assigned to care for the bush and to keep it clean. And this is a great marvel in the tending of these bushes, that no man but a Christian may care for these bushes. For it has been oft times proven that when a Jew or a Saracen kept them, anon the bushes dried up and grew no more. Now in the month of March the Sultan always abides in this garden, and at that time the rods of the balm bushes are cut, and the balm runs out of the rods into dishes of silver. The Sultan takes all this balm into his own keeping, but if any messenger is sent from any king for balm, then the Sultan gives him a little vialful. And when this balm is all gathered, the Sultan goes home, and then the Christian men who are the keepers of the bushes of balm take the cut rods and boil them in water in a clean vessel. And this balm is not as full of virtue as the Sultan's balm, but it is good for all manner of bruises, and if a man be wounded, it will make him whole anon. This balm is sold to divers pilgrims, and so it is borne forth into the world. And all the men in the East believe truly that this place has such a virtue for growing balm because Our Lady dwelt there seven years, as it was aforesaid, and bathed her son in the wells and washed his clothes and her own in the same place. Chapter 18 This is the story of the thirty gilt pennies which Melchior offered to the Christ child. Now when Our Lady went out of Bethlehem into Egypt for dread of Herod the king, she took with her the thirty gilt pennies which Melchior had offered to her son, along with the incense and the myrrh, bound together in a cloth. But somewhere along the road between Bethlehem and Egypt she lost them by the way. Now of these thirty gilt pennies ye shall hear the first beginning and the last end. Thara, who was the father of Abraham, made them in the name of the king of Mesopotamia. Abraham took these same thirty gilt pennies and bought with them a place for his burial and for his wife and his children. Joseph was sold by his brethren into Egypt for these same gilt pennies. And when Jacob died, these thirty gilt pennies were sent to the land of Saba to buy spices and ornaments for the burial of Jacob. Then in the name of King Solomon, the queen of the land of Saba, offered these thirty gilt pennies and other rich jewels to the temple of God in Jerusalem. And afterwards, when by the process of time Jerusalem was destroyed, these gilt pennies were brought into the land of Arabia, of which land Melchior was king at that time that Christ was born. And Melchior offered them to God because it was the finest gold in his treasury and the best in all his land. Now as it was aforesaid, Our Lady lost the thirty pennies and the incense and the myrrh when she was fleeing from Bethlehem for fear of Herod the king. So afterward, there was a shepherd in that country who had so great a disease that no doctor could cure him. And one time as he walked in the field with his sheep, 
Now in one place, now in another, he found the thirty gilt pennies with the incense and the myrrh bound all together in a cloth. And he kept all these things secretly to himself until a little time before the crucifixion of our Lord. At this time the shepherd heard of a prophet so holy that he healed all men with a word. So he came to the prophet, who was Christ, and prayed him for grace and help. And so great was his faith that he was healed. And when he was whole, then the shepherd offered Christ these thirty pennies with the incense and myrrh as they were bound together in one cloth. And when Christ our Lord saw these thirty gilt pennies with the incense and myrrh, he knew them well and bade the shepherd go to the temple and offer all these things on the altar. And the shepherd did so with great devotion. Now a priest of the temple saw that these were honorable and glorious gifts, and in thanks he burned the incense in a censer above the altar. And a little while after, on the third day before Christ's crucifixion, the priests of the temple took out of their common treasury the thirty gilt pennies and gave them to Judas Iscariot. And so our Lord was sold to the Jews by the false Judas for the same thirty gilt pennies. But this false Judas was sorry for his misdeed and went to the princes of the temple and cast down again to them these thirty gilt pennies. So the Jews bought with fifteen of these pennies a field for burial for the pilgrims, as the gospel telleth, and the other fifteen pennies they gave to the knights who kept watch over the tomb of our Lord. And one part of the myrrh the Jews mixed with the vinegar which they offered to our Lord on the cross, and the other part of the myrrh Nicodemus, prince of the Jews, added to the aloes and the other spices for the burial. Furthermore, the reason these thirty gilt pennies were called silver in the gospel, notwithstanding the fact that they were fine gold, is because silver is the common name for all money in that country. And many more marvels are told of these thirty gilt pennies, the which would be too long to tell. Chapter 19 the Holy Family is told by an angel to return home from Egypt. And when Our Lady and Joseph had dwelt in Egypt for seven years, an angel warned them to come out of Egypt, as St. Matthew telleth. Then they were bade to go to Galilee, and there they dwelt in a city that is called Nazareth. And what our Lord wrought on earth from this time to his passion the evangelists declare openly and well. Chapter 20 St. Thomas, the Apostle, goes to India to preach the Word of God. When our Lord ascended into heaven after the victory and the battle that he had fought against the devil for the redemption and the salvation of all mankind, he sent St. Thomas, his apostle, into India, there to preach the word of God. 
In this India, the three worshipful kings at that time still reigned and were lords. And though it was against St. Thomas's will that he went to India, ye shall understand that it was done because of the great goodness of God, who wished that St. Thomas go and preach the passion and the resurrection of Christ to these three worshipful kings who had sought God Almighty in Bethlehem at his nativity. Now as St. Thomas preached the word of God in the temples of India and performed many miracles by the sign of the cross, he found in every temple a star which had been painted and formed in the likeness of the star that had appeared to the three worshipful kings on the night when Christ was born. In this star was the image of a child and the sign of a cross above. Now when St. Thomas saw this star, he asked of the bishops of the temples what it was, And these bishops told St. Thomas how such a star had appeared of old time on the hill of Vos, in token of the child that was born to be a king of the Jews, and how because of this star the three kings came out of their lands, and following the star arrived at Bethlehem in thirteen days. And all that these three kings had done and heard and seen, these bishops of the temple told to St. Thomas the Apostle. And when St. Thomas had heard all this, He thanked God with great joy. Chapter 21 The three kings with all their hosts go to meet St. Thomas the Apostle. Now the three kings had prayed God that they should not die till they had received the sacrament of baptism, without which sacrament no man may enter into the kingdom of heaven. So when these three kings heard that a man who was a disciple of Christ had come to their lands and was preaching to the people the works of our Lord, and especially the sacrament of baptism, anon notwithstanding that they were of great age and feeble, yet they arrayed themselves in fine garments and came all three to St. Thomas with other lords and princes and other multitudes of people. And St. Thomas received these three worthy kings with great joy and declared to them all that Christ had taught here on earth to his disciples. Also he told them of the crucifixion of Christ, his resurrection and his ascension. He declared to them also the prophecies and many other articles of the faith, And especially he preached and informed the three kings of the sacrament of baptism. And when the three kings had also told Thomas how they had sought God Almighty in his childhood in Bethlehem, then St. Thomas christened these three kings and all the people that came with them. And anon these three worshipful kings were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to preach to all the people the word of God. Chapter 22 The Three Kings Found a Rich Fair City at the Hill of Voss. Then these three kings with all their people went with St. Thomas the Apostle to the Hill of Voss. And there St. Thomas hallowed the chapel that the three kings had built there. And St. Thomas and these three kings 
preached to the people in that chapel concerning the Christian faith and the star that appeared to the three kings. And the fame of these three kings and of St. Thomas spread to all the lands about, and so great was their renown that all manner of men and women came from diverse countries to visit the chapel on the hill of Voss. And from the great concourse of the people that came to this chapel, the three kings ordained a fair city and a rich one, which is called Suella. Chapter 23 The three kings are consecrated as archbishops, and they ordain other bishops and priests. God is evermore wonderful in his works, for when St. Thomas had thus preached and converted the people to the Christian belief, then he ordained and consecrated these three kings as archbishops. And they then ordained other bishops, priests, and clerks to serve God. Also St. Thomas taught them all manner and form of saying Mass. Also he taught them the words that Christ had said at supper the night he was betrayed, and the paternoster, and many other things. He told them also the form of baptizing, and especially he charged them that they should never forget that. And when St. Thomas had informed these three kings and all the other people of the faith, then he went forth to other cities and towns and preached. And then he suffered martyrdom for the love of Christ. And ye shall understand in that country where St. Thomas was slain, both men and women have visages like hounds. Chapter 24 The three kings choose Prester John to rule after them in the city of Suela. After the death of St. Thomas, these three kings who were archbishops did hallow all the temples in the country to the worship of Our Lady, and cast out all the idols in the temples and ordained bishops and priests and clerks. And to these bishops, priests, and clerks, the three kings gave many possessions to maintain God's service. Then these three kings forsook the vanity of the world and abode in the city of Suela, which they had founded, as it was aforesaid, and all the people about them did venerate and love them. And the second year before the death of these three kings, they did call together all the kings and princes and bishops of their lands for they were now in the last age of their lives, and they had no children nor heirs, nor had they ever had queens or concubines, as is the common usage of all the country. And this is found in all the writings and books of the East, though a German chronicler says the contrary of Melchior, who, according to these writings, had a wife and by her a child. And when all the people were gathered together, the three kings, with the assent of the people, chose a man among them who would be spiritual head in St. Thomas's place, and who shall be called Patriarch Thomas. 
And the first patriarch that was thus chosen was a man called Jacob, who had come with St. Thomas from Antioch to India. When the patriarch Thomas was thus chosen, then these three kings, with the common assent of all the people, chose and ordained a worshipful and mighty Lord who should be temporal head and governor. And they ordained that this Lord should not be called king or emperor, but Prester John, in veneration of St. John the Evangelist and also St. John the Baptist. And so the names of these lords continue yet unto this day. And when this was done, all the people went home again with great joy, and these three kings abode still in the city of Suwala. Chapter 25 The three kings die and are buried together in the same tomb. Now these three kings lived together for two more years in the city of Suela, which they had founded near the hill of Voss. Then a little while before the feast of the Nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ, there appeared a wonderful star above the city, by which star the three kings understood that the time was nigh when they should pass out of this world. Wherefore did they make a fair great tomb for their burial in the same church that they had there ordained? And in that same church, these three kings on the feast of Christmas did celebrate solemnly divine service. Now on the eighth day after the birth of Christ, Melchior, who was king of Arabia and Nubia, said Mass solemnly in the church. And at that time he was a hundred and sixteen years old. And when he had said Mass, he laid himself down, and without any disease he yielded up to our Lord God his spirit, and so died. And the other two kings came and took his body and arrayed it with bishop's ornaments and bore him to his tomb where they laid him. Then on the feast of the Epiphany, Balthazar, who as king of Saba, said devoutly his mass. And when mass was done, without any grievance he passed out of this world to the bliss that is everlasting. And the years of his age were a hundred and twelve. So Jaspar, the third king, and other men took up this king, and when they had arrayed him as they should be, they laid him beside Melchior, his fellow, in the same tomb. And then the sixth day after that, Jaspar, who was king of Tharsus, when he had offered the blessed sacrament on his altar, and with all devotion had said his mass, then Christ took his spirit to dwell with him in everlasting joy. And so before all the people he died, and the years of his age were a hundred and nine. Then the people came and took his body and arrayed it worshipfully and bore it to the same tomb where these other two kings lay. And then this wonder Christ showed there before all the people. When the body of the third king was brought to be laid in the tomb beside the two kings, anon each one of the two kings moved apart the other and gave room for Jaspar in the middle place. And so as these three glorious kings lived together in life, they were not parted in their death. And these three kings in their tombs seemed to the people not as dead bodies, but as men who were asleep, and they remained whole and incorrupt many years and days afterwards. And the star that appeared over the city before their death abode there always still until the bodies of the three kings 
were moved away. Chapter 26 The bodies of the three kings are separated, each being taken to his own country. A long time after the death of these three kings, the Christian faith stood and was in prosperity in the worshipful city of Suwalla and in all the kingdoms of the east. Then the devil, through his wicked angels, excited among the people diverse errors and opinions of heresy in the lands of the east, and also in Suwalla, where these three kings rested. And the people turned again to their old law and worshipped false gods and forsook the law of God, so that these three kings were held in no reverence and were almost forgotten. And whereas their bodies had remained incorrupt before, they now dissolved and turned into powder. And those people dwelling at that time in Suella, who had come from the lands and kingdoms of these three kings, each group took its king out of the tomb and put him into a separate chest and bore him home to his own land and kingdom. And there each king remained for a long time afterwards in his own country. Chapter 27 Many years later, St. Helena finds Our Lady's tunic and other holy relics in Bethlehem. Now when the glorious Emperor Constantine, by the grace of God, was converted to Christ, St. Helena, the Queen, who was the mother of Constantine, was dwelling among the Jews. And she was the greatest preacher of God's law in all that country. And all the holy places that our Lord hallowed with his body she visited, such as the hill of Calvary, and the place where Christ was laid in his sepulchre, and the place where he appeared to Mary Magdalene in the likeness of a gardener. And above all these places this worshipful queen built a fair church. So then she came to Bethlehem. Now from the time that Our Lady St. Mary had fled from Bethlehem to go into Egypt until the time when St. Helena came, no one had gone into the dark little place where our Lord was born, neither man nor child nor beast, for the Jews held it accursed. And when St. Helena came there, she found the same manger and the same hay that Christ had lain in and the claws that had been wound around him, and Our Lady's tunic, and all those things that Our Lady forgot and left behind when she went out of that place into Egypt. And all these holy relics St. Helena took with her, except the manger, and bore them into Constantinople, which is the chief city of Greece. Also St. Helena did make a fair strong church of mosaic work, marble, and fine gold in Bethlehem, above the place where Christ was born. Chapter 28 St. Helena sails to India to search for the bodies of the three kings. 
Now when the worshipful St. Helena had thus visited all these holy places, and ordained churches and God's ministers to serve in all these places, then she began to think greatly of the bodies of the three kings who had worshipped God in Bethlehem at his birth. Wherefore, with certain chosen ones of her people, she went forth into the lands of India. Chapter 29 St. Helena secures the bodies of the three kings and returns with them to Constantinople. Now when this holy queen Helena had come to the lands of India, anon she preached God's word to the people and destroyed all the heresies and brought the people again to the Christian faith. And so through her preaching this queen Helena had great renown among the people and a great love. And so when the lords of the country learned of Queen Helena's great desire for the three kings, they gave to her the bodies of two kings, Melchior and Balthazar. But the body of the third king, Jasper, had been borne away by the heretics to a far distant isle. And because Helena would not that these three kings should be parted, she made offers to the chief lords of the isle and in return for great gifts and also the body of St. Thomas the Apostle, which she had at that time in her keeping, she received from them the body of Jaspar. And when St. Helena had this body of Jaspar, she then put forth these three kings together in one chest and arrayed it with great riches and brought them into Constantinople with all joy and reverence and put them in a fair church, which is called Santa Sophia. Then all the people of the country about came and visited them, and made offerings with great devotion. And the bodies of the three kings were kept in Constantinople a long time, and God Almighty wrought their many miracles through the merits of these three kings. Chapter 30 after the death of St. Helena, the Emperor of Greece gives the bodies of the three kings to Eustorgius of Milan. After the death of King Constantine and his mother St. Helena, in the time of Julian the Apostate, there began again a new heresy and also persecution of death by sword against those that would maintain the Christian faith and the law of Christ. And after this persecution and tribulation, the Greeks, though they had many worthy doctors and bishops, yet they forsook the law of the Holy Roman Church and chose them a patriarch whom they yet obey to this day as we do the Pope. And in the time of heresy, the bodies and relics of the three holy kings were held in no reverence, but were utterly set to naught. And the Saracens and the Turks at this time won with strong battle the lands of Greece and Armenia, and destroyed a great part of these lands. But there came an emperor of Rome, and with the help of the people of Milan he recovered all these lands again for the emperor of Greece. And it is written in many books that this emperor of Greece sent a religious man whose name was Eustorgius into Milan on a certain mission. Now this Eustorgius was a wise man, and he became powerful with the emperor of Rome, 
and was elected Archbishop of Milan. And when he became Archbishop, he asked the Emperor of Greece to grant him the bodies of the three worshipful kings for the city of Milan. And the Emperor granted him his wish because he loved well this man. So the bodies of the three kings came to Milan, and this man Eustorgius laid them in a fair church of the friar preachers with great solemnity. Chapter 31 The bodies of the three kings are taken to Cologne, where they remain unto this day. Then afterward, by process of time, it happened that the city of Milan began to rebel against the emperor, who was named Frederick. And this emperor sent to the archbishop of Cologne, who was called Renal, to help against this city. And this archbishop Renal took the city of Milan and destroyed a large part thereof. During this time, the great men of the city took the bodies of the three kings and hid them secretly in the earth. Now one of these great lords was named Asso, and the emperor hated Asso more than all the people in the city. In the destruction of the city, the archbishop won the lord's palace through a strong hand, and Asso was taken and put into prison. Then Asso sent word by his keepers to the archbishop of Cologne and prayed that he might go to his presence privately and speak with him. And when Asso had come to the archbishop, he promised that if he would get him pardon of the emperor, he would show him where the bodies of the three kings were hidden in the earth. And when the archbishop heard this, anon he went to the emperor and prayed for Asso and got him pardon and good lordship. And when this was done... Then this Lord Asso brought secretly the bodies of these three kings to the Archbishop of Cologne, and in great secret the Archbishop sent these bodies by his own private company a long way outside the city of Milan. And then the Archbishop went to the Emperor and asked that he grant him the bodies of these three kings, and the Emperor granted them to him with good will. And ye shall understand that the Archbishop would not speak to the Emperor before about the bodies of the three kings because he was in doubt whether the emperor would grant them to him or not. And so the archbishop openly and with great procession brought these holy saints, the three kings, into Cologne, and there he put them into the fair church of St. Peter worshipfully. And all the people of the country with great reverence received these holy relics, and they are kept and are venerated by all manner of nations until this day. And thus endeth the story of these three worshipful kings, Melchior, Balthazar, and Jasper. Chapter 32 All peoples from the lands of the east show devotion to the three kings. Now ye shall understand that in all the lands and kingdoms where these three kings were lords, and in all the lands of the east all manner of people, though they be heretics and schismatics, have devotion to these three kings and the feast of the Epiphany, as we shall now hear. Of the sects of heretics that those, of the sects of heretics 
Those of the kingdom of Arabia and Nubia, where Melchior was king, are true Christian men. And the priests of this country, when they go to the altar, have on their heads crowns of gold, or else silver gilt, in memory of the three kings. And the heretics of the land of Saba, where Balthazar was king, though partly corrupt in the faith, have reverence for the three kings. Their priests, when they sing Mass, bear gold in their hands to the altar, and the deacons bear incense, the sub-deacons myrrh. But the other sect, which is the kingdom of Tarsus, where Jasper was king, are the worst heretics of all. And their priests, when they go to Mass, curse all men who were of help in taking away the body of their king Jasper. Now these heretics are for the most part black Ethiopes, and they paint God and Our Lady and the three kings and their churches all black and the devil all white. And this they do to spite all other Christian men. Also, there is another sect in the land of India, which is Prester John's land. And these are good Christian men. The priests of this land, when they say Mass, hang a crown of gold above the altar. And the priest and the deacon and the subdeacon meet from different parts of the church and then go to the altar. This they do in token that the three kings met together from three different ways on a highway outside Jerusalem, and then by the leading of the star rode into Bethlehem and offered gifts to God Almighty. And of another sect, which is in Syria, there is but little heresy. And these men, when they swear before the justice for any cause, they swear by the gospel and the three kings. And also the sect of the Greeks, when they say Mass, cut the bread in a square, and this bread they put in a dish of gold or silver, and above that they lay a star, and cover it with a fair white cloth. And after the offertory of the Mass, they take this dish with the host and with the star, and they carry it about the church on their heads, with censers and candles and great reverence. And this they do in token that these three kings, with great gifts, sought God Almighty in Bethlehem, and through the leading of the star came to the manger where he lay, and there fell down and worshipped him. Furthermore, all sects of Christian men in the East, though they be heretics, fast on Christmas Eve until the night, and then every man set forth on his board enough meat and drink to suffice him from Christmas Eve to Epiphany. And of this meat and drink they feast with their wives and their children, with all mirth and joy in this time. Also they light a candle or lamp that shall burn night and day from Christmas to the twelfth night beside the same board. And on the vigil of the Epiphany, at night each man goes to his friend's house with a candle in his hand, and when he cometh he says, Good day, for if he were to say, Good evening, it would be considered great trespass. And so they go from house to house all night long, and eat and drink and dance, and bear lighted candles in their hands, in token of the star that appeared to lead these three kings and all their hosts to Bethlehem, when there was no night, but was evermore day to them. Also, on twelfth night, all manner of Christian men come from far countries to the river Jordan with their bishops and priests, with crosses of silver and censers, and when all the people have come to the river, which is from Jerusalem but five miles, then every sect stands together in a certain place, and every sect reads in his own tongue the gospel story of the three kings. And when the gospel is read, then every sect with great devotion worships his cross, 
and makes offerings every man in his power. And this is done in memory of the offerings of the three kings to God Almighty. Also the Saracens, that are of Mohammed's law, and other Turks have these three kings in special reverence. For in all the temples of their country that were at one time Christian, they have defaced the images. With their knives they have cut off the noses of the images and put out their eyes for spite. But the images of these three kings they suffered to stand without any harming. And many diverse sects of Christian men have many other special devotion to these three worshipful kings, the which were too long to tell. But ye shall understand that in all countries in the East, all manner of people have these three kings in great reverence and devotion. And our Lord Jesus Christ showed many miracles in diverse countries of the East through the merits and prayers of these three worthy kings, who are now in the high bliss of heaven. To this bliss may he bring us, he who in heaven sitteth above all kings, and reigneth without end. Amen. Amen.